Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the Bible study that's for tomorrow. But I did my own little studying today on tradition and love. Um, This is from Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 8 through chapter 5, verse 1a. From Song of Solomon. And it says, come with me from Lebanon, my spouse, with me from Lebanon. Look from the top of Amena, from the top of Shinar and Hermon, from the lion's den, from the mountains of Galapagos. Thou hast ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. Thou hast ravished my heart with one of thy eyes, with one chain of thy neck. How fair is thy love, my sister, my spouse. How much better is thy love than wine, and the smell of thy ointment than all spices. Thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue, and the smell of thy garments is like the smell of Lebanon. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Thy plants are an orchid of pomegranate with pleasant fruits, campfire with spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the chief spices, a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters and streams from Lebanon. Awake, O north wind, and come thou south, blow upon my garden, that the spices thereof may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. Um, chapter 5, verse 1a, it says, I am coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse. Sister from Song of Solomon, which is in chapter 4, verse 9. Uh, means beloved. It donates an intimate relationship. And enclosed uh, means something that is locked, bolted, or shut up. So that is the scripture reference. So just a little bit about tradition and love. Some notes I took that back then couples did not date. They did not meet up, and they did not fall in love, and then marry. That's not how they got married. Marriage was a four-step process. There was no emotional involvement. First, what happened for someone to get married, there was an arrangement contract that was between the both, both the families. And the reasons why they arranged a contract between the families was due to, could have been um, a social status, a territorial status, or finance, financial status. Those could have been, those were mainly the reasons why they arranged these type of marriages. Now, the bridegroom father, the father, um... He, that family, the father of the bridegroom, would, would pay 
the bride price. There was a bride, there was a price and amount. They were they paid a bride price to the bride's family. So they had to pay a certain amount to receive a bride. And then the couple would begin a after that contract was done, after that you did they did the contract and they paid the price, the couple would begin a year long brothel period. They were for one year after their parents had ratified the contract, had successfully completed uh, everything they needed to do as far as the contract with them two coming together, that's when they began a year-long betrothal at that time. And the betrothal period was a sign for the groom to be prepared, to get prepared as far as having the home ready. For the bride and then what the bride the future bride had to do was prepare herself for all the new responsibilities as being a wife now during this betrothal period there was no sex at all um between a couple it was totally forbidden and no sex with others, it was totally forbidden. Um, scripture reference is in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 13 through 21, and then verse 23 and 24, and then Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2. So complete abstinence was required. Complete. Now, after the year, after the betrothal period, if it was successfully completed, um, the couples would fulfill their legal and social responsibilities to marry. So getting married was their legal and social responsibility, their obligation. And they would have a wedding feast that lasted a week. And the reason for it to last a week was it provided the opportunity for both families and their friends to applaud their new allegiance. Because it's an allegiance. It's a commitment. And to celebrate with them the marriage. And... um also celebrate the marriage consummation so they would have already came together sexually by that time now the marriage in order to get married um it begins with an invitation that's how a marriage begins with an invitation of love when a relationship becomes more serious, that is an invitation of love. And it leads to the exchange of vows. So that's what 
of marriage is it begins with an invitation. Someone realizes or both realize they love each other. And um and, and this is getting more serious. And then it leads to you exchanging vows to marry each other and to love one another. The groom-to-be is the one who issues the invitation, not the wife, to love and awaits his beloved sister's response. And once he gives the invitation to love, he waits for her to he waits for her to say yes or no. Um, now the biblical tradition of marriage. Solomon had talking a little bit about Sol- Solomon had seven hundred wives, so those were seven hundred women that he made a vow to. An invitation to and um married and they accepted it gave him a response of yes and then he had 300 concubines concubines are not prostitutes but they are considered to be secondary wives um the difference between a wife and a concubine is that the secondary wives, which are the concubines, they held a lower social rank than the women um, who bore the title wife. So they were like second class um, wives. They, they were second rank to the wives. Solomon had um, foreign women in his life who influenced his worship of foreign gods where he was worshiping God at first, the almighty God. But because, I don't want to say only because, but that it, pay, it played a part. These foreign women played a part and causing Solomon to worship foreign gods. But later, if you read Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, which is at the end of it, at the very end of Ecclesiastes, it shows that Solomon may have had a change of heart, that he had some kind of awakening at the time. Because out of the message book that I read, the message Bible or book, it said, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, he said, fear God and do what he tells you. So at some point, Solomon understood that regardless of his possessions, regardless Regardless of what he had and how he lived his life, at the end of the day, you have to fear God and do what God tells you to do. Um, Solomon was very powerful in his time. He was the son of King David, 
he was the son of Bathsheba. He was part of the lineage of Jesus. And he was the third king of Israel. He reigned for 40 years. And he is known for his unequal wisdom. For, for his wisdom that God gave him. And for his wealth that God gave him. He is known for his impressive temple construction project. He built the temple. Um, the wisdom that Solomon had was definitely a gift from God. And Solomon wrote 3,000 Proverbs, which we don't have it in the Bible. There's a lot of Proverbs that are missing. And he wrote a 1,000 songs, which we don't have all his songs in the Bible neither. Um, Song of Solomon is also referred to Song of Songs. And Christians can turn for encouragement as they contemplate love and commitment. Amen. So that is a little bit about Solomon. A little bit about marriage. How it's supposed to be. How it was, um, sex, the betrothal period, complete abstinence, the wedding feast, the amount of time they celebrated, and and back then what couples did not do before process of marriage, and the reasons why. They went through the full process of marriage, what the bridegroom father was responsible for, and what the couple was responsible for. This is the traditional and love notes that I created from studying today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.